The guard behind him simply moved closer until the menacing bulk of his body pressed Luca onward. I insist, Luca breathed. A hard shove thrust him through the doorway, and he gasped as he found himself flung to the very edge of a high, narrow quay, a boat rocking in the river a long way below, the far bank a dark blur in the distance. Luca flinched back from the brink. He had a sudden, dizzying sense that they would be as willing to throw him over onto the rocks below as to take him down the steep stairs to the boat. The first man went, light-footed, down the wet steps, stepped into the boat and said one word to the boatman who stood in the stern, holding the vessel against the current with the deft movements of a single oar. Then he looked back up at the handsome, white-faced young man. Come, he ordered. Luca could do nothing else. He followed the man down the greasy steps, clambered into the boat and seated himself in the prow. The boatman did not wait for the guards, but turned his craft into the middle of the river and let the current sweep them around the city wall. Luca glanced down into the dark water. If he were to fling himself over the side of the boat, he would be swept downstream. He might be able to swim with the current and make it to the other side and get away. But the water was flowing so fast he thought he was more likely to drown if they did not come after him in the boat and knock him senseless with the oar. My lord, he said, trying for dignity. May I ask you now where we are going? You'll know soon enough, came the terse reply. The river ran like a wide moat around the tall walls of the city of Rome. The boatman kept the little craft close to the lee of the walls, hidden from the sentries above. Then Luca saw ahead of them the looming shape of a stone bridge, and just before it, a grill set in an arched stone doorway of the wall. As the boat nosed inward, the grill slipped noiselessly up, and with one practiced push of the oar they shot inside into a torch-lit cellar. With a deep lurch of fear, Luca wished he had taken his chance with the river. There were half a dozen grim-faced men waiting for him, and as the boatman held a well-worn ring on the wall to steady the craft, they reached down and hauled Luca out of the boat to push him down a narrow corridor. Luca felt rather than saw thick stone walls on either side, smooth wooden floorboards underfoot, heard his own breathing, ragged with fear. Then they paused before a heavy wooden door, struck it with a single knock, and waited. A voice from inside the room said, Come, and the guard swung the door open and thrust Luca inside. Luca stood, half-pounding, blinking at the sudden brightness of dozens of wax candles, and heard the door close silently behind him. A solitary man was sitting at a table, papers before him. He wore a robe of rich velvet in so dark a blue that it appeared almost black, the hood completely concealing his face from Luca, who stood before the table and swallowed down his fear. Whatever happened, he decided he was not going to beg for his life. Somehow he would find the courage to face whatever was coming. He would not shame himself nor his tough, stoic father by whimpering like a girl. You will be wondering why you are here, where you are and who I am, the man said. I will tell you these things, but first you must answer me everything that I ask. Do you understand? Luca nodded. You must not lie to me. Your life hangs in the balance here, and you cannot guess what answers I would prefer. Be sure to tell the truth. You would be a fool to die for a lie. Luca tried to nod, but found he was shaking. You are Luca Vero, a novice priest at the monastery of St. Xavier, having joined the monastery when you were a boy of eleven. You have been an orphan for the last three years, since your parents died when you were fourteen. 
My parents disappeared, Lucas said. He cleared his tight throat. They may not be dead. They were captured by an Ottoman raid, but nobody saw them killed. Nobody knows where they are now, but they may very well be alive. The Inquisitor made a minute note on a piece of paper before him. Luca watched the tip of the black feather as the quill moved across the page. You hope, the man said briefly. You hope that they are alive and will come back to you. He spoke as if hope was the greatest folly. I do. Raised by the brothers, sworn to join their holy order, yet you went to your confessor and then to the abbot and told them that the relic that they keep at the monastery, a nail from the true cross, was a fake. The monotone voice was accusation enough. Luca knew this was a citation of his heresy. He knew also that the only punishment for heresy was death. I didn't mean... Why did you say the relic was a fake? Luca looked down at his boots.